Part three, chapter two of the Speaking Voice Principles of Training Simplified and Condensed by Catherine Jewell Everts. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter two, the essay. Why do we choose the essay for our first study in vocal analysis? Because a fault fundamental to all other faults in tone production and vocal expression rises from a failure to think clearly. The appeal of the essay is primarily an intellectual appeal. It demands concentration of the mind upon its thought to make it your own, and clear and concise utterance of its phrases to convey that thought to another. To really grasp and adequately present a philosophical essay involves mental discipline similar to that required in solving a mathematical problem. I have taken my examples for analysis from Emerson, because Emerson's almost every paragraph is an essay in miniature. In printing extracts from this source we feel no sense of incompleteness. Let us read this passage from experience. To finish the moment, to find the journey's end in every step of the road, to live the greatest number of good hours, is wisdom. It is not the part of men, but of fanatics, or of mathematicians, if you will, to say that, the shortness of life considered, it is not worth caring whether for so short a duration we were sprawling in want or sitting high. Since our office is with moments, let us husband them. Five minutes of today are worth as much to me as five minutes in the next millennium. Let us be poised and wise and our own today. I settle myself ever the firmer in the creed that we should not postpone and refer and wish, but do broad justice where we are by whomsoever we deal with, accepting our actual companions and circumstances, however humble or odious, as the mystic officials to whom the universe has delegated its whole pleasure for us. If you do not think your way through this paragraph clearly, concisely, logically, intensely, when you read it aloud, your voice will betray you. In what way? Your tone will lack resonance, your speech will lack precision, your pitch will be monotonous, your touch will be uncertain, your inflections will be indefinite. Your reading will be unconvincing, because it will fail in lucidity and variety. In approaching this passage, let us study first the question of proper emphasis. What is emphasis? The dictionaries tell us that in delivery it is a special stress of the voice on a given word. But we must use it in a broader sense than this. To emphasize a word is not merely to put a special stress of the voice upon that word. Such an attack might only make the word conspicuous and so defeat the aim of true emphasis. True emphasis is the art of voicing the words in a phrase so that they shall assume a right relation to each other, and so related best suggest the thought of which they are the symbols. I do not emphasize one word in a phrase and not the others. 
i simply vary my stress upon each word in order to gain the proper perspective for the whole sentence just so in a picture i make one object stand out and others fall into the background by drawing or painting them in proper relations to each other i may use any or all of the elements of vocal expression to give that proper relation of values to the words in a single phrase i may pause change my pitch vary my inflection and alter my tone colour in order to give a single word its full value let us try experiments in emphasis with some isolated sentences before analysing the longer passage here is one of robert louis stevenson's beautifully wrought periods every man has a sane spot somewhere let us vary vocally the relative values of the words in this sentence and study the effect upon the character of the thought let us look upon the statement as a theme for discussion with a pause before the second word man a lift of the voice on that word a whimsical turn of the tone and a significant inflection we may convert an innocent statement of fact into an incendiary question for debate on the comparative sanity of the sexes a plea for endless faith and charity becomes a backhanded criticism of women now let us read the sentence giving it its true meaning every man has a sane spot somewhere let your voice make of the statement a plea by dwelling a bit on the first word and again on the last word hyphenate the first two words they really stand for one idea compound also the words sane and spot lift them as a single word above the rest of the sentence now put somewhere a little higher still above the level of the rest of the sentence so only have we the true import of this group of words every man has a sane spot somewhere analyze the rest of these sentences from stevenson in the same way and experiment with them vocally that is never a bad wind that blows where we want to go for truth that is suppressed by friends is the readiest weapon of the enemy some strand of our own misdoing is involved in every quarrel drama is the poetry of conduct romance the poetry of circumstance you cannot run away from a weakness you must sometime fight it out or perish and if that be so why not now and where you stand an aim in life is the only fortune worth the finding and it is not to be found in foreign lands but in the heart itself the world was not made for us it was made for ten hundred millions of me all different from each other and from us there's no royal road we just have to scamper and tumble now once more and this time with detailed analysis let us study the passage from experience let us first consider for a moment some of the words which make this passage powerful finish journey's end good hours 
wisdom, fanatics, mathematicians, sprawling in want, sitting high, firmer, poised, postpone, justice, humble, odious, mystic, pleasure. When spoken with a keen sense of its inherent meaning, with full appreciation of its form, and with delight in moulding it, how efficient each one of these words becomes! When shall we as a people learn reverence for the words which make up our language? Reverence that shall make us ashamed to mangle words, offering as our excuse that we are Westerners or Southerners, or from New York or New England or Indiana. The clear-cut thought calls for the clean-cut speech. Let us say these words over and over until they assume full value. And now we pass from words to groups of words. The mind and the tone must move progressively through the first three phrases which make up this first sentence. To finish the moment, to find the journey's end in every step of the road, to live the greatest number of good hours, is wisdom. The phrases must be held together by an almost imperceptible suspension and upward reach of the voice at the end of each group of words, and yet each phrase must be allowed to be momentarily complete. Read the sentence, making each phrase a conclusion, and then again letting each phrase look forward to the next. Each phrase is really a substantive, looking forward to its predicate through a second substantive which is a little more vital than the first, and again through a third substantive which is a little more vital than either of the other two. Bring this out in reading the sentence. The next sentence depends for its significance upon your contrasting inflections of the three words men, fanatics, and mathematicians, and again upon your sympathetic inflection of sprawling in want and sitting high. It is not the part of men, but of fanatics, or of mathematicians, if you will to say that, the shortness of life considered, it is not worth caring whether for so short a duration we were sprawling in want or sitting high. In your utterance of these words, can you make men men, and fanatics fanatics, and consign mathematicians to the cold corner of human affairs designed for them? Can you so inflect sprawling in want and sitting high as to suggest a swamp and a mountain-top or a frog and an angel let your voice leap from the swamp to the mountain-top let it climb now comes the swift concise admonitory sentence since our office is with moments let us husband them pause before you speak the word husband and husband it Five minutes of today are worth as much to me as five minutes in the next millennium. Make five minutes of today one word, and accent the last syllable thus, five minutes of today. Let the tone retard and take its time on the last seven words. Now 
poise your tone for the next sentence let us be poised and wise and our own to-day the paragraph closes with a more complex statement of the theme let your voice search out the meaning let it settle down into the conclusion and utter it convincingly give a definite touch to the words which i shall put in italics i settle myself ever firmer in the creed that we should not postpone and refer and wish but do broad justice where we are by whomsoever we deal with accepting our actual companions and circumstances however humble or odious as the mystic officials to whom the universe has dedicated its whole pleasure for us this is a suggestive analysis for the vocal interpretation of the essay the examples which follow are for you to analyze in the same way but with your voice in your study not with a pencil on paper there is a time in every man's education when he arrives at the conviction that envy is ignorance that imitation is suicide that he must take himself for better for worse as his portion that though the wide universe is full of good no kernel of nourishing corn can come to him but through his toil bestowed on that plot of ground which is given to him to till the power which resides in him is new in nature and none but he knows what that is which he can do nor does he know until he has tried what i must do is all that concerns me not what the people think this rule equally arduous in actual and in intellectual life may serve for the whole distinction between greatness and meanness it is the harder because you will always find those who think they know what is your duty better than you know it it is easy in the world to live after the world's opinion it is easy in solitude to live after our own but the great man is he who in the midst of the crowd keeps with perfect sweetness the independence of solitude self-reliance happy is the house that shelters a friend it might well be built like a festal bower or arch to entertain him a single day happier if he know the solemnity of that relation and honour its law it is no idle bond no holiday engagement he who offers himself a candidate for that covenant comes up like an olympian to the great games where the first-born of the world are the competitors he proposes himself for contest where time want danger are in the lists and he alone is victor who has truth enough in his constitution to preserve the delicacy of his beauty from the wear and tear of all these the gifts of fortune may be present or absent but all the hap in that contest depends on intrinsic nobleness and the contempt of trifles there are two elements that go to the composition of friendship each so sovereign that i can detect no superiority in either no reason why either should be first named one is truth 
a friend is a person with whom I may be sincere, before him I may think aloud. The other element of friendship is tenderness. We are holden to men by every sort of tie, by blood, by pride, by fear, by hope, by lucre, by lust, by hate, by admiration, by every circumstance and badge and trifle, but we can scarce believe that so much character can subsist in another as to draw us by love. Can another be so blessed and we so pure that we can offer him tenderness? When a man becomes dear to me, I have touched the goal of fortune. Friendship A gentleman makes no noise, a lady is serene, the person who screams or uses the superlative degree or converses with heat puts whole drawing-rooms to flight. If you wish to be loved, love measure. Manners The reason why we feel one man's presence and do not feel another's is as simple as gravity. Truth is the summit of being. Justice is the application of it to affairs. All individual natures stand in a scale according to the purity of this element in them. The will of the pure runs down from them into other natures as water runs down from a higher into a lower vessel. This natural force is no more to be withstood than any other natural force. We can drive a stone upward for a moment into the air, but it is yet true that all stones will forever fall, and whatever instances can be quoted of unpunished theft, or of a lie which somebody credited, justice must prevail, and it is the privilege of truth to make itself believed. Character is this moral order, seen through the medium of an individual nature. An individual is an encloser. Time and space, liberty and necessity, truth and thought, are left at large no longer. Now the universe is a close or pound. All things exist in the man tinged with the manners of his soul. A healthy soul stands united with the just and the true, as the magnet arranges itself with the pole so that he stands to all beholders like a transparent object betwixt them and the sun, and whoso journeys toward the sun journeys toward that person. He is thus the medium of the highest influence to all who are not on the same level. Thus men of character are the conscience of the society to which they belong. Character in proposing further material for use in establishing this step in vocal interpretation, I shall make a suggestion to the public school teacher of the work only. The problem here is simpler than it seems to be at first. Let the student bring to his class in expression his textbook in any other subject, preferably nature study, science or history. Three things can be accomplished by this plan. The history or science lesson will be mastered in half the time it might otherwise take, a right habit of study will be established, and the first step in learning to read aloud will be accomplished. 
this solves the much vexed question of a textbook in reading for the time at least end of part three chapter two